Doing Hard Time with True Crime. Why some true crime podcasters are genuine heroes, while others act as though they belong under a bridge picking goat meat out of their teeth with the rest of the trolls. On this special episode of the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, for the weekend of September 25th, 2021, Jay and I, Eric Render King Fisk, start the show by discussing the strange revelation about how hosting a podcast is almost like raising a child. The conversation includes how to keep your children and grandchildren safe in this day of social media proliferation and why you shouldn't share pictures of your kids with just anybody. Why is it that true crime one-on-one is some of the most important work we've done on this podcast network? And while many true crime podcasters might have helped bring a swift end to the case of Gavid Petito's disappearance, more should be done to help solve cases when the victims are people of color. So, what more can the Fedora Chronicles do? No, seriously, what more can we do? Jay and I also discuss the controversy surrounding Joe Rogan's rapid recovery from COVID-19 thanks to Ivermectin and his feud with Howard Stern. Finally, Jay and I close out the show explaining why, thanks to Joe Rogan, Ryan Skinner will always be welcome on the Fedora Chronicles and why that son of a bitch, Jeremy Corbell, still owes us $13. First, what is this about you getting in trouble for looking at someone's pictures of their grandkid? It's quite the opposite. So what happened? Okay, so the thing is, is that I've only had a conversation with, I'm just going to call her Virginia, just because I don't want to use her real name, all right? Right. And Virginia is about our age, but but she has a grandson. Okay. Okay, which is, which it it doesn't freaking matter. And and people are scratching their heads thinking, okay, what, what does Virginia's grandson have to do with the podcast? Funny you should ask. So- I, I, probably we have shared less than 50 words back and forth combined. Mm-hmm. I only see her maybe once every three or four months, maybe. And it's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not for any length of time. It's kind of like a hello, goodbye. Um, what's going on? This is what's going on. Okay. I'll talk to you later. And that's it. I have, right. I have no relationship with this woman whatsoever other than the fact a casual uh workplace relationship she might she might say hello to me okay haven't seen her in a couple of months and for some strange she whipped out her phone and she said with the kind of voice that you have with an underling that you have a casual relationship with or somebody who is your captured audience. And she said to me, she said, Eric, come and take a look at at these pictures of my grandson. Like kind of like, okay. And she's flipping through the pictures of her grandson. And it was just like, it's like, isn't he adorable? And I said, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's adorable for, uh, for a baby. And she's just like flipping through these. Like it's the most important thing I can do all day. And and then I whip out my phone and say, oh, hey, 
here's some pictures of my podcast. Um, here's, <laughs> here's the one that we did on Hillary Clinton and Frazzle Drip. And here's the one Jay and I uh, talking to Chris Holm. And, and, and here's, here's, oh, my God, look at all the beautiful ones that we did on COVID-19. <laughs> Podcasts grow up so fast. <laughs> I approve. And she looked at me as if to say, I told her, wow, that is one ugly baby. And right. I'm, I'm not saying that I said that. I'm not saying that that's what I thought. But it caught me off guard, the assumption that somehow I, I jump out of bed every morning and say, mm, I wonder if I'm going to see Virginia's uh, pictures of her grandson today. Yeah. As, as, as if what I'm doing is not nearly as important as the pictures of her grandson. And maybe I'm an asshole for doing this. Maybe, maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe I'm an asshole with a podcast who can't grasp the idea of her grandson means everything to her. But not to you. But not to me. She's having a hard time grasping the fact that it's like, I, I, I don't know you. And, and you know, maybe you shouldn't be showing pictures of, of your family to complete strangers who might be serial killers. They could be um, child abusers or, or, or they could wear a goatee and a fedora while doing a podcast out in the middle of southern New Hampshire talking about conspiracy theories. Maybe you should be a little bit more selective on who just, you just a little just a little because it, it seemed a little it seemed a little weird and odd to me that she had this attitude about her that this was the most important part of of my day whereas right. i mean it's one thing for her because it's her grandkid but for you why should you care yeah exactly and the fact that she's in a position of authority and monopolizing my time like i I had to look at these pictures and ooh and awe over them. And it was just like, no, seriously, I, I, I have better things to think about. Like, how am I going to weave in and out of the topic of Joe Rogan and Ryan Skinner into tomorrow's episode? How, how am I going to do right. that? I have better things to think about. And I, I don't show random people pictures of my kids. Right. In fact, that's one of the things they recommend you don't do for safety reasons. You don't post your location. You don't post pictures of your kids on on social media and stuff like that. Or theoretically on Facebook, unless you're only sharing those pictures with people you literally know and are friends with. Right. Exactly. Like, the thing is, I didn't like posting pictures of my kids on many of the forums that we belong to back in the early 2000s. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why I was banned from one of these forums is because I said, I don't want you posting pictures of my kids on this forum where you have this creepy guy who says weird, creepy things on this forum to have an idea of what my kids look like. I want you to take down the pictures right. of my kids or I will sue your internet service provider, the people who host your forum. Right. They took the pictures down and then I was banned from that forum. There's probably other things going on as well because, I mean, I, let's, I am an asshole uh, to, a, to a certain extent. And, and part of the entertainment value of this podcast where people, you know, actually wonder 
what is this asshole going to say next? I completely, totally admit that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so anyway. So, um... Crazy bitch showing you pictures of her grandkid like you give a shit. Right. <laughs> I, I, I'm really not... I'm really not interested. I, and I don't know yeah. you. And the and, right. and and the idea that like the 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 authority in her voice saying you need to stand here and look at these pictures at my grandson and pretend that he's freaking cute. Right. Well, that's see, this is the thing. Like we we talk about a lot of things, but basically what it boils down to is there's a social contract, right? Right. There's many aspects to the social contract. One of them is if someone shows you baby pictures, you have to ooh and ah over it like you care. Right. Like they're the most adorable baby you've ever seen. Right. Right. And the asshole I am, I, I've i been trying to be really honest with people. And there's been times when people have shown me pictures of their kid and I'm like, well, let's hope they get cuter as they get older. Yeah. You know, and they look at me like I slap them across the face. And I'm like, what? You want me to lie? Yeah. You know, I was lucky I had cute kids. You should be lucky your ugly kid is healthy. Right. You know, I know people that who whose children have been born with horrible birth defects that died within hours. Yeah. And you're getting mad at me because your kid's ugly. <laughs> you know, I was an ugly kid. I, I, I just flat out. I've seen my baby pictures. And I went, ooh, it's a good thing you guys loved me because – damn <laughs> you know back in the day they would have thrown me over some fucking cliff edge and said he's not worthy but they, over the years i turned out okay they, they they would have thrown you into the volcano to see if whether or not they could appease the drought gods you know right oh no or either that it would have burned my mother she's had congress with the devil are those horns what is that I was not a cute baby. I got cuter as I got older. But seriously, when I first came out, I'm looking at those pictures and I'm like, that is, wow, damn, you guys really loved me. That's that's impressive. I mean, love is blind when it's your own child. I mean. Exactly. And by the way, I'm not but, saying, look, here's the thing. I'm not saying this kid is ugly. Not, not by right. any stretch of the imagination. I'm just. But why are you showing me those pictures of your grandchild? I'm just not interested, and I don't know you that well. Well, here's the other thing, right? What if you were a pedophile? You know what I mean. And if, in all honesty, if I was of a more, let's say, non-caring bent, right, about social norms, and someone I didn't know or barely knew started showing me pictures of their grandkids, I might just touch myself, just to see if it makes them uncomfortable, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Just because what the hell are you doing? This is Internet Safety 101. Do not show pictures of your children online. Just because we're face to face doesn't mean I have any less chance of being a, a sicko pervert, you know? Yeah. And now possibly I might follow you home. I might know where you live. I might start watching you and finding out when your grandchildren come to visit. Yeah. You know, and no, no one ever thinks like that. You know, when a baby's abducted, they don't ask him, well, did your grandma, did the baby's grandmother show pictures of them to random strangers at the supermarket? Right. You know, and I'm not saying we should or anything. It's just 
we have this social contract that some people just flat out abuse. Right. You know? And if you want me to call you by your proper pronouns, you need to be a little more polite about how you ask me to do it. Oh, absolutely. Now, I'm sensitive to the plight of people, especially trans people, because it's so such a misunderstood and little researched thing at this point. Right. It's more researched now than it used to be. But like, I have someone living with me who's trans. And she, she has some good days. She has some really not so good days, you know. And she's just a kid going through life who happens to have a hell of a lot more difficulties than most people do, you know. And her dad kicked her out of her house because he's like, no son of mine's going to be a woman. It's like, oh, do you realize the trauma you're causing that child that you raised for the past umpteen years. Well, it sounds insensitive enough not to care, Jay. There's there's a difference. Right. Right. But at the same time, though, I mean, if you show someone something like a picture of your grandchild, you better be damn well prepared to hear some unflattering comments and results, or they want to do a tit for tat and say, hey, oh, yeah, look at, yeah, you know, look at this, look at this dildo I, I carved out of wood this weekend when I was bored. Can't wait to shove that up my wife's ass. You know what I mean? Right. What? Why is it okay to show me pictures of your family, but you don't want to see pictures of the things I'm interested in? Right. And I'm just using an extreme example. But, like, you show me a picture of your kid, I might show you a picture of my saxophone. Right. But the, I, but the idea to look at me as if, like, I'm fucking Satan, and it's like I said something like, I'd like to, I'd like to eat that child as a snack for lunch. After right? I said, you know, and the thing is that it was just like, and I kind of hope that she got the hint with what it is that yeah. I was trying to say. Yeah, but you, you hope that, but deep down in your heart, you know, it's going nowhere. All they're going to do is you're going to be the person that they talk about and shit talk at the, the local bridge club meeting or, or whatever. And, and maybe, you know? and maybe here's the other sick thing is that maybe, maybe I don't care or maybe I get off on the fact that there are people out there who don't like me. I like it when bad people or mean-spirited people or idiots don't like me. Yeah. And 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 maybe that makes me a bad person. <laughs> I I don't care if you if you don't like me, that's great. Well, in a lot of ways, finding out someone doesn't like you is very freeing because now you're like, "Oh, now I don't have to pretend like I give a shit about you." Yeah. Right? Cool. Now, I try and be polite. You know, I, I, I live by the old adage that you treat people the way you want to be treated, right? But if you start doing rude shit to me, you can expect some rude shit in response because that is clearly how you want to be treated. Yeah. Because that goes the other way too, you know, just because that's not how I would want to be treated. Clearly, if you're behaving like that, that means that's how you want me to treat you. So, oh, you don't like it. Well, then why are you treating me that way? You yeah. Know, and people just don't, they don't, I, I, I honestly, I don't think it's that they don't care. I think it's that they really don't think. They're so absorbed in what's going on in their own lives that they don't care. There's a part of me, <laughs> the nicer part of me, that's really still not so nice, let's be honest, that is like, show me a picture of your grandchild and I'll start crying. Right. Telling you how I lost my child. You're asking for trouble. Right. 
you, you're creating a situation that could become very, very awkward and painful for somebody else. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're so happy and celebrating what's going on in your life, you don't realize what's gone in, on in others. I distinctly remember, I remember, you may remember because we're close enough in, in location, or at least used to be, that uh, remember the case of Molly Bish? Uh, we actually talked about that in an episode of True Crime One-on-One on the Fedora Chronicles Network to a smaller extent. I sure do remember Molly yeah. Bush. I actually have a weird, small... Um, A strange small connection that I'll talk about on a later episode, but I'm not talking about it today. So go ahead. All right. So Molly Bish's mom was my kid's third grade teacher. I'm sorry. What? Say that again. Molly Bish's mother taught my kids in third grade. Holy shit. Yeah. So there were times we would see her in town because they lived in the town we lived in. There were times we'd see her in town and she would look at other families with children, especially children that were like Molly's age when Molly disappeared. And she'd get this really sad look on her face and like a kind of a sad smile. The first time I saw that, the memory of that will haunt me the rest of my days. Yeah. Knowing that for this woman and her husband, simply going out in public is exposing that old wound over and over again. Something as simple as going grocery shopping and seeing children playing. And this woman is a teacher right. in the school system. Can you fucking imagine? How much strength do they need to go on? And that's just because I know them. But, but any any parent that's lost a child, right? Yeah. Like a friend of mine I went to high school with, her son committed suicide a year and a half ago. And she still she's created a, uh, a a a an outreach in her local community for teens with suicide. She works a lot with suicide prevention now and a bunch of other things. And there's a part of me that's like, good for her, you know. There, but for the grace of God, go I. Right. I don't know that I would have the strength to do what she's doing. Should that have happened to me? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think. Know. I don't think I could either. Right. And the thing is, is that Alan, my son Alan, who's now nineteen years old, mm-hmm. he almost became a statistic. He oh. had a sitter who was in her sixties, and she would take our son to visit one of her elderly friends without telling us where. Where does this elderly friend of yours live? Where is this place? Right. And she said, what do you care as long as you know he's in good care with me? It means it means everything to me. Right. You're over the age of 65. You could fucking die of a heart attack or stroke. The thing is, is that you're not in the best of fucking health. Well, I need even, to know where beyond he, that. Right. I need to know where the even fuck my that. kid what is. If, yeah. Change the situation around. So what if what if she's not 65? What if she's 15? And she's taking your kids someplace else. The principle's the same. You don't, when I'm babysitting, when you're babysitting my kid, you're in my house so I know where you are. You do not leave my house with my kid. That's called kidnapping yes. in legal parlance. The idea that I don't you- care if you intended to be back in an hour. What if I came home early and there was no one in the house? You know what you would have fucking done to me? Oh, absolutely. No, and that happened before, by the way. 
I came home, oh, Hurley, and she took off with the kid, and I don't know where she went. Yikes. And I had and I waited more than an hour the first time, and I said, you need to leave a note. You need to tell me where you're going. And she would not tell me where she was going with him. And this, Well, and, I mean, kudos to you for giving her notice on it and saying, hey, look, this is not beha- this is not acceptable behavior. You need to do A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. Yes. Kudos to you for that. Now, and I explained to her, wherever he is, I need to know where. And maybe this is crass on my end. I don't know if you're making extra bucks on the side letting a pedophile take pictures of him or some weird shit. The fact that you're being cagey about where you're taking my kid is really right. fucking suspicious. It's creeping me the fuck out. Right. And then the, the third time she did it, she called me from wherever the fuck she was. And she said that she may not take him home tonight. Um, no. And I said, Mm-mm. you bring him back now or I'm fucking calling the police. Right. Now, the thing is, I knew where she lived and I knew she was not taking him back to her apartment. I said, you bring him back now or the police will be waiting for you with handcuffs by the time you get right. back. She brought him back. And, and before I could say you're fired, she quit. She knew it was fucking coming. Yeah. And she could have fucking she could she thinking she could have fucking sold the kid on the black market. She could have sold my son on the black market. I don't. I and the thing is, and I mean, in all honesty, with your background, things that happened to you growing up, fucking hell, dude. Yeah. Now you need to be fucking smart when it comes to your kids and posting pictures of your kids online. Right. And and, and maybe maybe. I'm being a bit of a dick about this and I'm being overly cautious. First of all, not everybody wants to see fucking pictures of your kid. Not everybody wants to see pictures of your kid. First and foremost, unless they're your closest friends and you are very selective on who you have on social media as a quote, Facebook friend or on Instagram or whatever. Okay. Right. Instagram makes it really convenient for people to, stalk other people's kids yes while i'm on the subject i had a stalker in springfield massachusetts who wanted to see pictures of my son and then she said it's okay i'll see him sometime later okay because that is not okay that is not fucking okay that is not okay now there are a reported half a million kids reported missing each year around the world this is where i'm getting with when it comes to this Mm-hmm. Kids go missing every year, and we're not even sure how. what's the percentage of those kids who are found safe and sound or, or ever found at all. Right. One of the reasons why I kind of took a pause from doing true crime one-on-one, because it's freaking heartbreaking. Yeah. You listen to somebody like Jenny Carreri crying about her sister who was in her early 20s who, were, who was killed. And they still haven't solved this murder. And the police botched the investigation. That's hard enough. You listen to somebody like Eric Carter Landeen talking about the death of his brother when his brother was just a couple of months old. That's fucking heartbreaking. It gets to the freaking point. And you see some certain warning signs. Don't show pictures of your family to fucking strangers simply because you want to show off. Honestly, I don't, and I mean this, 
I don't fucking care about what your kid looks like or how fast your kid is growing. If we're just a casual acquaintances at work or if and you're even if well, even but even then, though, even if you are a casual acquaintance at work and you want to talk about your kid, go ahead and talk about your kid. Do not show pictures. There's you, something you, about that that crosses the line. Unless you know me very well. Unless you know the person you're talking to very well, because mm-hmm. there got to there came a point when I actually had to, to, tell, to, tell, to tell Carol not to have pictures of the kids on her desk at work. Yeah, because the, I mean, what if you what if you piss off somebody at work and they're a fucking psycho and they want to get right. to you after they get fired? What's the best way to get to somebody besides their kids? There isn't any. Right. You're asking for fucking trouble. Right. And not that Carol's likely to piss someone off, but you never know. You never know what's going to set someone oh, off. Oh, you've seen her mad. <laughs> <laughs> you've yeah. seen her when she's gotten mad at me. Yeah. But I'm just saying she's not she's not someone who tends to piss people off at her place of business. But she's also not someone who's afraid of calling someone out when they're being stupid either. Yeah. Now, you know, especially at work. We're talking about people who go missing and the warning signs and why you need to you need to be a little bit more careful and selective and and teach your kids about stranger danger to an extent I wanted to take a couple of minutes and we're not going to devote the entire episode to this but okay. talking about Gabby Petito and how this this was um a girl who was semi-famous on Instagram and she was traveling around the country with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and she disappeared and her her boyfriend was acting sketchy. He was already a sketchy character before and it turned out that he was abusive. This was right. an abusive, gaslighting, narcissist, piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not sorry if by any chance that um, Brian's family is listening to this, I, 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 I don't care. I don't care if you're upset. I don't care if you're offended. Um, right. Brian Landry is a fugitive from the law. Probably the second most hated man in the in the United States right now. And there's speculation about whether or not he's hiding in the basement of his parents' house as we speak. Um, on September 24th, 2021. He's missing. Mm-hmm. His parents are behaving un- a weird for somebody who has a son who is a fugitive from the law. If this is my right. son and my son killed his girlfriend and buried her in a shallow grave somewhere in, my- in Wyoming, I would throw my kid under the bus so fast you would say, wow, that was quick. I couldn't live with myself if my son killed his girlfriend and just dumped her body out in the middle of the woods like this. Right. Now, cute little white blonde woman was missing. And in the true crime community, she was an obsession. And everybody was talking about Gabby Petito. For, I mean, for, but for good reason. She's a missing person. Right. She has a family who wants to know what happened to her. What, ha- what happened to Gabby? Where's Gabby? 
Now, she had an, a, an Instagram following. I understand that. I understand that mm-hmm. she was somewhat of an internet celebrity to some extent. Okay. Um, I'm sure that if I was missing, I'm sure that our dozens of listeners and followers on social media would probably be a little upset. And there would be um, hashtag bring Eric Fisk Fedora Chronicles home or something like that. Right. I'm sure I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that there there would be three or four people who would be posting everywhere. Hashtag bring Eric home. Something like that. Right. Okay. And my son. Well, would, huh? Well, hold on, because I don't know where you want to go with this, but the things we need to remember is she's attractive. Yeah. She's young. Yes. She's female. Yes. And she's white. Yes. You're, you're pretty. You change ma- any one of those four things and you've got a different situation. When was the last time you saw a large outcry because a older male disappeared? Exactly. Of any color. I think you're. I think you're jumping. You're jumping to the head of this. You're, you're jumping. Okay. You're jumping to the end of this. Right. I'm glad that people are rallying together to bring justice for Gabby. A lot of my other friends in the true crime podcaster community are bringing up a very, very good point. And I had mentioned this earlier in this episode already. Mm-hmm. Half a million children are reported missing every single year. Some of yep. them are never heard from again. You have these kids of all races, all colors, all ages, they go missing. And they don't make a splash the way Gabby did. They, they, just, right. they, just, they just don't. Yeah. And it was just like, how? what more can I do to help these people? Because I had a taste of what that's like. When my kid was taken, quote unquote, for a couple of hours, and I thought the right. worst. Because when you're a yeah. parent. You always do. You always think the worst. Listen, my kids are 17 and 19. I still have nightmares about them accidentally touching an electric chainsaw or something like that. Or I have, I have nightmares about them being lost in the, in, in, at the mall or this vast school or whatever it is. I mean, this, I mean, I have these nightmares of being in a warehouse trying to find my kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, and I understand that never goes away. As a matter of fact, it gets worse when you become a grandparent. I'm glad I, you're in therapy. Continue. So, yeah. Um, the podcast community came together and brought, helped bring closure to Gabby's case. I understand that. There are countless Mm -hmm. other cases that also need resolution. I'm, I'm scrolling through here and I'm looking at my timeline here. Sarah, Sarah Turney, who was also a guest on true crime one-on-one on the Fedora Chronicles talking about her sister's case. Because she had a podcast devoted to her sister, the case has been reopened and the prosecution has moved on this case because Sarah is relentless. And now Sarah is moved on and now she is focusing on other cases. And the thing is, she's not only not only has she gotten justice for her sister, but now she's seeking to help other people get justice for their loved ones as well. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah, that's fantastic. 
Sarah Turney is a superhero. Eric Carter Landin is a superhero because he's trying to help solve cases in New Mexico. Jenny Carreri is a superhero because she's trying to bring justice to her sister's killer who hasn't been found yet. And she's given up almost literally everything for her sister. Now, here's the question. What what more can we do? Because I look at these people and I'm like, oh, my God, these these people, these these people are doing amazing work. This is this is why we podcast. This is this is why we do what we do. Imagine if every true crime podcaster had the same passion to solve unsolved cases in their particular state. What if we all did what Eric Carter Landine and Sarah Turney are doing now? Yeah. And I'm a little embarrassed and ashamed that I'm not doing more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree with you to some extent. Um, I want to do more. I wish I could do more. However, the truth is, is that for whatever reason, we don't have that same level of passion that they do. Maybe it's because we're lucky that that tragedy has not touched our lives the way it's touched them. But the truth is, is not everyone... Not everyone can be a crusader. Not everyone has it within them to do that, nor should they, to be honest, because for all the crusaders that are out there trying to do good and trying to bring killers to justice, they need people who support them as well, right? It's not enough to have just a world of crusaders, because if you have nothing but crusaders, who's going to be doing the day-to-day work to support them? Who's going to be funding them, who's going to be giving them the tips and everything, right? Because it takes a certain amount of single-mindedness to to apply that, to apply yourself that thoroughly to something like that. And we can't all do that, nor should we all do that. Because if I'm caring about those cases that I'm aware of, and you're caring about those cases that you're aware of, we may be able, there may be some crossbreeding, if you will, the cases. But that's only going to help with with future cases. That's not going to help necessarily with the case yeah. that you and I are passionate about. So while I do empathize with the people who have, who've had such tragedies in their lives, I also recognize that it's not something that everyone can do, right? And there's a good reason for that. And it's I don't feel guilty that I don't have the passion that they do. Because I do what I can to help them. Yeah. And that's what they need. They don't me start need me starting up another podcast that may be distracting people from what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we all do what we can as much as we can. And that's all we can do. I, I, I think that maybe what we ought to do is just focus on what we're doing and just do more true crime episodes. And try and help the cases, try and help the people who are trying to solve the cases, rather than try and just reinvent the wheel, just do more of what we're doing and just do a better job reaching out to these people. Um, One of the things I enjoy about the podcast, the um, uh, True Crime 101, is that you're getting all of them more exposure to their cases, to their, their projects that they're working on. And I hate to think of it as a project, but can't think of a better for it, right. uh, a better word. 
by doing those interviews, you're expanding their audience. You're giving them a larger voice. You're, you're, you're putting them in front of a larger audience. And that all can help. And I think that's important. And I agree. I think that's something we should get back to, assuming we can. Yeah. We're, we're, we, yeah. Are going, we are going to do what we can here on our end. Speaking yeah. of doing more on our end, I wanted to talk to you for a couple of minutes about an issue that came up with Ryan Skinner. And for folks who don't know, Ryan Skinner is, for me, the guy to go to when it comes to talking about Skinwalker Ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, he has written at least one good book about Skinwalker Ranch. I'm actually... Because I ha here's the thing that I really freaking hate about Windows updates is that when you do a Windows update and you leave screens open um, overnight and yeah, you don't bother, they go away. They go away. He, he wrote this book called No Trespassing, Skinwalker Ranch, book two. It's the second book that I think that he's done on Skinwalker Ranch. I th He's done more. But this is the one that mm -hmm. is like I have the I have the audible version of it. And I also have the paperback version. And I've read it a couple of times. Walt Schnabel and I, when he was my co-host on The Men of Physical Connection, we did an episode or two on this book. It's a phenomenal book. Mm -hmm. It's kept me up at night. And I had an episode in my life when Dad and I were driving across country, coming back from California, driving across country. We, I didn't realize that we were trespassing on the Bigelow Ranch because my dad was using me as a canary. Because whenever my dad mm -hmm. went on these weird um, jaunts, as it were, or these paranormal research ghost hunting expeditions of his, whenever we'd go somewhere, he'd use me as a canary. I, we would be going on a hike, and I wouldn't realize that this was this place was haunted or it had supernatural elements to it. And he could like he would just ask me, "It's like how are things going?" And it's like if I said, "Look, there's something really weird here going on." Dad would say, it's funny, you should ask, and then whip out this book about um, mysterious New England from Yankee magazine and say, <laughs> this is the site of this horrible um, cult that decided to um, kill about 12 school children in 1886. And I'm, I'm being facetious, but it's, that's, that's not far from the truth of what he would do did the same thing at and i don't think it was the bigelow ranch at the time but my dad and i trespassed and after we left mm -hmm. we were pulled over by four or five unmarked police cars and they went through everything in our van looking for camera equipment and this is back in right. this is back in 1990 now i'll also keep in mind i am 90 percent sure it was the bigelow ranch or also known as skinwalker ranch I'm 90% sure we could have been trespassing it somewhere else that is allegedly haunted. But I remember we actually went out of our way on the way back to drive through this area. So I'm 90% sure. I'm 90% I'm sure. Um, we, got, we got pulled over and they went through everything in, in, our, in our vehicle, in our, in our van. And mm. I, 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 I have... I have I have no idea. I have no idea what what came of it. I have no idea what, other than the fact that it was just like we were there on the side of the road and we had to put everything everything away. We had to put everything back into the van while we're on the side of the highway. And mm -hmm. when we 
the next morning, we woke up at a rest stop and we were talking about other drivers, about the experience that they had, people in the, in the area. And it says, yeah, you don't go there. You don't, you, you don't, you just don't go there and expect not to have weird shit happen to you. Um, that's, and that's my close encounter with the Skinwalker Ranch kind. Yeah. Ryan, I'm going to be camping in that area this weekend, tomorrow night. Good luck. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> well, there's a, there's yeah. a dude ranch out there and the band I'm in, we have a gig there. We're about, as the crow flies, I want to say we'll be about maybe 30 miles, but because of the topography of the area, yeah, you're talking like an hour. Right. Of, travel to get there right now jeremy corbin did a documentary on the skinwalker ranch and Mm -hmm. it's it is by far the worst documentary on the paranormal that i've ever seen and i'm saying this not just because it's been so much better too what's that i was hoping it would have been so much better oh absolutely disappointed you 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 yeah. can't you cannot start a video. It's like it's it's Chekhov's gun, not Chekhov as in like Chekhov from um, Star Trek. But just just apply this. It, 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 Chekhov's gun refers to the fact that if you show a gun in the first act, you better show it by the end of at least the third act or be before the ending of the play. You can't put these people in suspense and not have that suspense pay off. If you're going to start right. your documentary showing cardboard boxes and crates of all of this videotape and saying, we got, we got hours upon hours of video captured at Skinwalker Ranch of some of the strangest things you have ever seen in your life. And we can't wait to show you what's in these videos someday. And, and show us. And not show us what's on the video. What's on all those video cassettes? I would have thought that if you were documentary is that is that even a word? Or documentarian? Documentarian. What, whatever the fuck it is. If I yeah. mispronounce it, take a shot. <laughs> if you're There's going... There's no reason why we have a following. Continue. Exactly. The Fedora Chronicles radio show drinking game. <laughs> brought to you by cirrhosis of the liver. Now, if you're going to say that you have hours upon hours of footage of some of the strangest things you have ever seen and we can't wait to show you, you better fucking show us. Right. You better show us. Instead, you have you set up a camera and you just have people talking into the camera or looking away and 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 sort of like sharing their experiences, telling their stories. But do some artist render renderings or something. Do some kind of like um, our recreations right. of that. Give us an. And if all you're going to do is have them talking to the camera, don't show us the boxes and boxes of videotape. Don't tell us about it. Now, Carol and I stayed up and watched this video. We bought it as soon as it was available, and we watched it knowing full well that Walt and I were going to talk about this the next morning. Mm-hmm. The next morning, before we did the the, the pre-show. And Jay and I don't do a pre-show. Jay and I just turn on the microphone and we just start talking because we've been chatting back and forth online. Yeah. Throughout the week. Throughout the week. A couple um, of decades. Right. So, and, and, I, and I wanted to have an honest conversation w- with the audience. 
This is the worst documentary in the realm of paranormal I have ever seen in my life. And here's the reason why. And Walt thought it was terrific. I thought that we could have an honest conversation about this documentary and what made it a horrible documentary. I wanted to be honest. Right. What instead, I was lukewarm about it. And mm. I kind of dodged around the topic of the fact that it could have been better. Right. It should have been better. And I can't wait for the follow-up because Jeremy Corbyn promised us that there would be more to come. Like this was right. just the first documentary in a series of documentaries. And I want to make sure that I have this guy's name right. For Jeremy Corbyn? Yeah. Skinwalker Ranch. Because the thing is, is that the History Channel has the secrets of the Skinwalker Ranch season one and two. Hunt for the Skinwalker right. by Jeremy Corbell. I had his name right the entire time. Yep. This is. The, well, you're saying Corbin. It's Corbell. But Corbell. continue. It's not like anybody cares. Right. And it's funny how I, I can't. I cannot read the reviews on this for some reason. I was incredibly frustrated with this movie and the fact that I had to buy it yeah, and review it. And I'm not sure how this came up, but if we gave this video, if we gave this documentary a good review on our podcast, maybe Jeremy will come on the Fedora Chronicles radio show or the metaphysical connection. And maybe we can have access to the other stuff that 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 Jeremy has to share with the rest of the world. Now that was kind of a shitty thing to do. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not sure if whether or not Walt and Jeremy had a, had an agreement because Walt used to reach out to these other um, authors. He used to. He Walt did a great job landing interviews for us. And I and mm -hmm. I and I and there are aspects of my relationship with Walt that I miss. I miss talking to Walt on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, this is this is the this is like one of the last episodes that broke us, and it and it seriously, honestly broke me. Ooh. It it literally I was. This is the one episode that I was really embarrassed to do. I'm embarrassed by that yeah. episode. I think it's one of the worst episodes I've ever done. Mm -hmm. As a podcaster. Now, if now if if Jeremy Corbell told Walt, if you guys give me a good review and, and you push my video, I will come on your podcast and I will push other stuff. If Jeremy promised that he's an asshole for this and other reasons. Mm -hmm. But still, if that was something that was even being discussed, you should have been informed of that. I wish I ha I wish I had known. Right. I wish I had known that. So, and I, Walt and I had a heated conversation about this. And then when um, something happened to my recording device, when we were recording another episode, I fucked up. I wasn't able to record the entire episode. And that basically ended my relationship with Walt and doing yeah. the metaphysical connection with him. And I, I mean, I, I was unconsolable for about two days because of what happened. And I should have had yeah. an external audio recorder like we do now. Um, and this is a huge lesson for every podcaster. Right. Um, so that's all I have to say about J Jeremy Corbell 
or whatever the fuck his last name is. And I don't mean to be disrespectful. I just don't fucking care. (laughs) Now, this is where shit kind of gets sketchy. Mm -hmm. I believe it was George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell go on the Joe Rogan show. Yep. And they do maybe a three hour episode with with Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp. Where the fuck is Ryan Skinner? Ryan Skinner has been doing more work on Skinwalker Ranch than Jeremy Corbell. If you're going to do an episode on the Skinwalker Ranch, where the fuck is Ryan Skinner? Now, when I go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. When I saw we we need to we need to inform the audience who uh, uh, Ryan Skinner is. Ryan Skinner is the guy who wrote the book that I was just talking about a second ago. No Trespassing, Skinwalker Ranch, book two. The first book he did was Skinwalker Ranch, Path of the Skinwalker. I might have my chronological order mixed up. He's, I'm, I'm, I'm counting here, and I'm thinking he's done one, two, three, four, five, six books on Skinwalker Ranch. Which begs to begs the question as to why Corbell got the access he did and Skinner didn't. I don't understand it. Yeah. And Ryan Skinner is happy stance. Yeah. Ryan Skinner is not a fucking bad guy. You right. can you can actually reach out to Ryan Skinner, and if he has the time, he's a busy guy. He'll give you a couple of minutes and and exchange words. Mm-hmm. As 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 a matter of fact, about a couple of years ago, I said, when you're done with your book, come on on the podcast. Maybe it's it's bad on my part because I didn't follow up with him. He's a busy guy. But if you're going right. to do a show on Skinwalker Ranch, Joe Rogan, why don't you have Ryan Skinner on your show? And why would you say that Ryan Skinner is full of shit? Is he any more or any less full of shit than, say, Jeremy Corbell? Is he any more or any less full of shit than, say, George Knapp? Right. Or any other any other paranormal investigators? Ryan Skinner will tell you, this person told me this. You make up your own decision if it's true or not. I, I think it is. You make up your mind. Ryan Skinner doesn't say stupid shit like, I'm going to weaponize your curiosity. I'm going to do something to you without your consent. He doesn't do shit like that. Right. And I'm actually, and, and not only am I, I'm not quite so angry at Jeremy Corbell because he, do, he, he did the work and he has access to people like George Knapp. Mm-hmm. He's able to do that. He's actually, he's, he, he did the kind of work I haven't done yet. Right. Okay. Uh, because right. you know I'm 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 married. I have a couple of kids. I have a life. Blah 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 blah. Yep. And I live out in the middle of fucking New Hampshire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's fault but my own. Yeah. The way that some people dump on Ryan Skinner fucking pisses me off. I'm genuinely angry at the way that people treat Ryan Skinner in certain circles. He's written a couple mm-hmm. of books. He's done the best he can on a topic. That's beyond the imagination. It is. It's in. It's incredible. Right. It's a tough topic to get your head around. Right. This is when I stop. Stop listening to Joe Rogan on a regular basis. I'm really not oh, really in, because of that. Because of this. The, I mean, I will listen to an episode of Joe Rogan if he has a guest who's talking about a topic that we have talked about. Like if he if he does an episode on COVID nineteen. I will listen to that episode on COVID-19 and the lab leak hypothesis. Right. 
if he's interviewing somebody like Tulsi Gabbard, who has yet to come on our show, or he does a conversation with Jimmy Dore, I'll listen to it. I will listen. I'm not the devoted, dedicated listener that I used to be because he didn't bother to have Ryan Skinner on his show. Ryan Skinner is always welcome to come on the Fedora Chronicles radio show, News of the Week with Jason Cousineau or the Paranormal Post. Ryan Skinner is Ryan Skinner is always welcome on our podcast. Jeremy Corbell, he the son of a bitch owes me 13 bucks. (laughs) Now, it sounds to me kind of reading between the lines here is you're not so much upset that he didn't have Jeremy on his show so much as he said he was full of shit saying that Ryan is full of shit. Yes. Yeah. Saying that Ryan is full of shit is sounds to me like that's the bigger grievance you have with Joe Rogan more than anything else. It's not that just that he didn't have Ryan on his show. It's that he also called out Jeremy. No. Yeah. He did have Ryan on his show and then called out Ryan. And that sounds to me like that's what bothers you more is that. Here's a guy who's just done just as much research More. as Jeremy Corville yeah. has, and he's calling, saying he's full of shit. Why are you saying that? What reason do you have for saying that? What is your supporting argument for saying that? Yeah. That sounds to me like what bothers you. No, it's a, it's a combination of things. It's it's a co- mm-hmm. it's a combination of things. Um, yeah. And and I'll, and I'll be honest with you. I I would love it if Spotify would pay us. $10 million a year to do our podcast <laughs> and be exclusive only to Spotify. I would love, I would love yeah. that. I would love that. I would too. That would be fantastic. Trust I me. I wouldn't have to worry about paying food next month. Trust me. Your life would <laughs> fucking change. If, <laughs> believe me. Oh yeah. Cause if, if I'm getting $10 million a year to do this podcast after you get half of whatever's left after Carol takes her cut. Okay. <laughs> As is appropriate. As is appropriate. But no, seriously. Yeah. There is there is some jealousy on my part. I would love to be able to hire the kind of staff that Joe Rogan has and do the podcast a couple of times a week. I would love to. Um, and if they're paying us so much money, I think we could get our asses out of bed maybe even four or five times a week. I, I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning every morning and be prepared to do the show. If we record every morning at nine o'clock on the dot, especially for getting $10 million a year for it. Hell yeah. You have no idea what kind of podcast I would do. If I had $10 million, I would do shit that would make Howard Stern blush. And speaking of Howard Stern. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a rivalry going on. I didn't realize this, or maybe is it just this one story? It's the only story that I'm aware of. This And this is weird as shit here, because the thing is, Howard Stern slams podcast Joe Rogan, we don't want you here. Now, Joe Rogan is now a multimillionaire, as we yep. had just said. And if I was a multimillionaire, Carol would have the most amazing horse barn you could possibly imagine. And she's <laughs> smiling. <laughs> And people would be getting paid to muck it out. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. There's something centering about mucking out stalls. 
I would like to think that I'm a, the kind of millionaire that would muck out stalls as a part of my morning routine. She's coming through the door. Come on in. You want to know why? They've actually done studies. Come here. Come here. You, you need to talk into the microphone. Well, I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk about this intelligently. Just get in front of the microphone. The reason why it's so centering being around horses is that they've actually done studies that their heart rate, uh, which is around 50, 55 beats per minute, actually synchronizes with our heart and lowers our heart rate. And that's just one of the reasons why I married her. She is like, she's, you're amazing. I love you. <laughs> um, so the thing is, so being around horses is amazing. There's something about it that mm. you're shoveling horse shit and you're spending time with horses. And that when a horse nuzzles with you or lets you come close to him, or her and in the background you can actually hear my wife making a fresh pot of coffee that will be served to me fresh in my zazzle mug my fedora chronicles radio show zazzle mug and you can buy your own at zazzle.com slash fedora chronicles so but when you're with a horse it's very centering knowing that this large animal depends on you for some of its basic needs food water and mucking out the stalls and being able to run out in a, in a in a nice paddock to get some exercise it's very humbling and if i and if i had joe rogan money i would i would still be mucking out horse stalls for that reason because it's 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 humbling and it, and it makes me a better person um howard, howard stern is another one of those people that i used to listen to for entertainment purposes Mm -hmm. I will still listen to Howard Stern on occasion. I will listen to clips of Howard Stern's show because he's an amazing interviewer. I, okay. en I enjoy listening to Howard Stern interviewing people and getting them to answer questions that they, they wouldn't answer Eric Fisk's questions if he had answered and they were here in the studio. I don't think. Right. But the thing is, there's something that has happened to Howard Stern, and I and I don't know what it is, and I don't want to say. I I have some ideas on what it might be. Why don't Why don't you you go ahead first while I look for this article about the feud between um, Howard Stern and Joe Rogan? Okay, I think a lot of it just boils down to old-fashioned jealousy. He used to be cock of the walk. He used to be the guy, and now it's Joe Rogan. More people talk about Joe Rogan now than they talk about Howard Stern. And I think that is – if that's not the main reason, it certainly is playing into why he's calling him out, right? And it's funny how we have these dividing lines, right? Like we have the, the social contract I brought up earlier, right? We have these unwritten rules on how we are allowed to behave. And those rules are being rewritten in part because of the internet. And we're finding out that it's now okay – for you to call someone pretty much anything you want to call them if they disagree with you on certain political points, which seems asinine to me, but whatever. Apparently that's now acceptable because no one is making a big deal when people do it. And so clearly Howard Stern has selected the pro-vaccine camp and Joe Rogan has, has decided to embrace the, the alternative camp. 
when it comes to COVID. And COVID has become a political hot button issue. And it has been pretty close since it, we first started hearing about it. What is it? Just about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, or a little less than two years ago, excuse me. So people like to say, no, it's not about that. It's about health. It's about this. It's about that. No bullshit. It's about politics. It is all about politics because we shut down the, the country not fully understanding the impact of the virus. We took extreme measures that we won't know for years if they were too extreme or if they were not extreme enough. We won't know. And we now have people that are advocating for the continuation of those extreme measures that would devastate not just the U.S. economy, but the global economy, should they be embraced around the world. And we still don't understand the full impact of COVID. I'm not telling anyone to not get a vaccine. I'm not telling anyone to get a vaccine. You've got to follow the dictates of your own conscience on it. But look at how it's dividing us as a country, as people, as evidenced by what's going on with Joe Rogan and Howard Stern, right? Howard Stern doesn't know any more about the vaccine than Joe Rogan does. He doesn't have any fucking clue. He doesn't know more than anyone else does about how effective the vaccine is. And I keep reading conflicting reports from various medical professionals on the effectiveness of the, of the vaccine. I've seen articles where there are ER doctors saying that it's no more than a placebo. It really doesn't do a goddamn thing at all. And I've seen other doctors saying it is a miracle. It helps people. It's unbelievable, this, that, and the other thing. And the truth of the matter is all we have is anecdotal. It's who you trust. Do you trust Dr. A or do you trust Dr. B? Well, problem comes in with that is that how do we handle it? How do we, as the people who don't have that knowledge, make an informed decision? Like I've taken the polio vaccine. I've taken the... Uh, the HPV vaccine, with other vaccines, I don't. I don't get the flu shot every year, and it's not because I I don't trust what's in it. It's because I don't see a need for me to get a vaccination on something that they're guessing at. I'm pretty sure the flu vaccine is very very effective for what it does. If and this is a big if, they get the the strain of flu that's going to be viral this year. It's very effective. But it's not always, they don't always predict that right. So I don't bother getting it because they're either getting it or they're not. I'm playing the lottery with my health, but that's my decision to make. You know, when you have someone taking such an extremist position where, what, what was it um, Howard Stern said? These people who don't get the vaccine should not be treated medically at all. So you're going to deny medical health to people who are paying for health insurance, who are into the system who just disagree with you on one thing and you're saying they should rot in hell and die. Yeah. That seems like a pretty extreme position to me. And it's not one that I agree with on either side. You don't have a right to tell me what shot I should take and should not take. Right. Right. You don't. However, I'm not opposed to it. I don't think the shot is ineffective. I don't think there's a nanobot in the shot that's going to track my location and report to George Soros or whoever the fuck. I don't believe that at all. I just think that if why is it why are they pushing the shot so much? If you cuz they're saying even people who have had covid should get the shot. Why? You either have the antibodies in your system or you don't. 
You either got them from having the virus or you got them from getting the shot. Why is it so important that everyone gets the shot? Why is why is that the narrative that's being pushed? And that is the question I have. I'm not saying the, the I'm not buying into most of these conspiracy theories or anything. I'm just saying that my choice is I choose not to get the vaccine. I'm pretty sure I've already had COVID. Right. I'm pretty. I I'm, I'm pretty. For anybody. I, and I'm also pretty sure that T-Mobile allows texts to come through to your phone when you're about to make an interesting point because it always seems to happen <laughs> like that. <laughs> Isn't it good? Here, I thought I was on do not uh, disturb. But anyway, go ahead. Continue. But, he, but here's here's the point about Howard Stern that I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Howard Stern seemed to be the most libertarian voice in media without saying that he's a libertarian. And there are aspects of it. And, and just like Rush Limbaugh, just like Howard Stern, to, to a smaller extent, Art Bell. Um, I'm not sure if did I say Rush Limbaugh yet. Uh, all of yeah, these, you, yeah, you know, all of these people, and I, I, I want to make sure that I, I specifically say Rush Limbaugh. I can listen to somebody. I can listen to somebody's audio book, their radio show, or their podcast, and I can get something out of it without un, um, understanding or agreeing with everything a hundred percent. Right. I can listen to somebody like Jim Carville and understand why he thinks the way he thinks. And say, I don't agree with the points that Jim Carville makes, but I understand how he got to the conclusion that he came to. I can understand that. And I can almost kind of respect his point that he's trying to make. I can, right. I can look at other people like Howard Stern. I can listen to Howard Stern interviewing Paul McCartney or anybody else. I, and I can listen to an entire interview between Howard Stern and anybody. Mm -hmm. except maybe Hillary Clinton, because he would not ask Hillary Clinton some of the hard questions I'd like her to answer to. We need to do an entire story about the latest developments on Russia Gate as mm -hmm. soon as we can. I can listen to Howard Stern interview almost anybody with the exception of Hillary Clinton and get something out of that interview. Right. But when Howard Stern is not interviewing somebody and he can just pontificate about whatever, I can't listen to him anymore. I can't listen to him. Just talk to Robin about his political views. Right. And just denigrate people who don't think the way he does. Well, see, that's where I'm actually grateful. We're not making those billions of dollars of sweet, sweet podcast money. It does something to you. You start. I don't know if you want to say it, call it believing your own press. You start feeling like your opinion matters more than other people's opinions, and you can't help but do it because there's more people listening to your opinion, and it just falls in with human nature. It's a very rare person who can have, say, I don't know how many millions of people listen to um, uh, Howard Stern in his prime, but it was certainly in the millions, have millions of people tuning into you, pontificating and bloviating about whatever you want to talk about without it somehow affecting you and thinking that, hey, my opinion matters more than other people, you know? And I think I would be susceptible to that. And I would rather be honest with myself and be like, just because more people are listening to me doesn't mean that I know more or understand more or my opinion has more value than theirs does. Because the truth of the matter is, it doesn't. Just because 
Joe Rogan is making tens of millions of dollars a year for his show to have interviews with people doesn't mean he truly understands those things as well as some of the guests that he has on. Nor does it mean that his opinion has more value than yours does or any one of our listeners. It's still one person's opinion. Right. No, you're wrong. They may be slightly <laughs> more informed. They Well, yeah. I'm, I'm they kidding. might be slightly more informed. They might not. The truth of the matter is at some point when you have that many people listening to you, you start to believe it. You start to believe that your opinion matters, that you are more informed, that you do know more. Yeah. That's the trap I'd rather not fall into personally. Yeah. I mean, I'm not at all sure whether or not money would change us. I really I, I really don't know anymore. Yeah. And I'd love to have the opportunity to find out. <laughs> right. The curiosity is killing me. Someone just it is. Us. Somebody please just give me twelve million dollars. I just want to know what it feels like to have that level of temptation. Joe Joe Rogan has a following for reasons known and unknown. I think that he is a right. personable guy. And I might be wrong. And he comes across as very every man. Too. Right. He does. And I'd like to think that we come off as every man in the nerd sense. Right. Joe Rogan has millions of dollars and he was able to get ivermectin permit prescription strength for people right he, he got covid two days later he's back recording episodes of his podcast i'd like to be able to have that kind of access to medicine as well mm -hmm. okay for whatever reason ivermectin works for some people and other people right. are being over prescribed ivermectin and if i'm pronouncing it wrong can take a shot there are some people who are going to tractor supply buying ivermectin that's supposed to be for your horse or your cow and destroying their right. livers. You need to exactly. go if you want to take ivermectin for to prevent covid or the flu, go to your doctor and get a prescription for ivermectin that's meant to be taken by people. Period. Right. End of story. End of conversation. Don't go to Tractor Supply or Agway or wherever and 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 take a dose meant for a horse. You will kill yourself. By the way, that applies to pretty much every single medicine known to man. If it's in a dose that's going to be appropriate for a 1,400-pound animal, I don't care how fat you think you are, you are not a 1,400-pound animal. I don't know how to— I, You I don't, are going to fuck yourself up. Period. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know how to say this to you. Don't be fucking stupid. I don't know. That seemed pretty that seemed pretty cut and dry the way you said it right there. It's pretty <laughs> cut and dry. Now, yeah. Howard Stern calling out Joe Rogan an idiot and then saying the vaccine should be mandated scares the hell out of me. The fact that somebody is mandating that you get the shot scares the hell out of me um that doesn't bother me i think it was you that posted on facebook someone said some i i want to say it was a rapper i don't remember the name of the person they're like whether you get the shot or not get the shot that's not what bothers me what bothers me is that how many people are being so complacent with it 
because someone in a position of authority told them they should be. It's not to me. It's not about the shot. The big controversy surrounding the shot is not about the shot itself. To me, the more interesting and scary part is how many people are telling you you have to get the shot, going against their own understanding of how shots work. We all were taught how shots work in school growing up. You get antibodies. You get injected with an inert version of the virus, whatever it is, and then your body fights it and you develop antibodies. That's why some people, when they get a shot or a vaccination, they start to come down with symptoms of whatever it is that they were getting the shot to inoculate them against because that's how your body works. And we are using our body's own natural defenses and bolstering them to make us more resistant to whatever it is that we're getting inoculated against. That's how shots work. That is what they do. If that's changed, no one's told me about it. I've not seen any news articles about it, but to my understanding, that is what shots do. And if someone knows more, please let us know. However, that means that if you're getting inoculated against something, then you've already had whatever it is you're getting inoculated against, you're getting no benefit from the shot. Yeah. Because that's not how it works. You either have the antibodies or you don't. And then like you'll hear about the Delta variant and the Mu variant and all this other kind of stuff. Well, okay. But then if I've had COVID and I'm now less like now I have the antibodies in my body and if I catch the Delta variant, chances are I'm going to have much less effect from that. Just like someone who got the shot because it's the same fucking thing. It is the same thing. If you've had COVID, you have antibodies. If you've had the shot, you have antibodies. Unless they've got a shot that's giving injecting you with the Delta variant antibodies, the Delta variant of the virus, you're just as protected as someone who's been inoculated. That's how our bodies work. We're not magically creating some sort of immunity here. You're just bolstering your body's defenses against whatever it is that infection is. That's how shots work. We all know this. We all know this. So when you hear a doctor, any doctor, tell you that even if you've had it, you used to get the shot, you should be saying why. The first question that should enter your mind is why. Why? What is different about the shot? If it's not doing what every other shot in human existence has done, you should be able to articulate that to us and you should be able to inform us of that. Otherwise, you're talking out of your ass and you just want everyone to get the shot because you don't want to bother trying to do the research to find out who's got the antibodies and who they don't, who doesn't. Well, you don't, you you don't, want, sci- you don't want scientists to do the research because you're not going to fucking do the research. You're not going to get a doctorate degree in virology to do your own research. I, right. I mean, which I'm, is where I find it funny when people are like, I'm not getting the shot because I don't know what's in it. Oh, OK. But you're going to drink a milkshake at McDonald's, aren't you? Exactly. That's what that's what I think is also scary. My concern is when celebrities say shit like the vaccine should be mandatory. They should they should somehow hold you at gunpoint and get and, and force you to take an experimental drug or a vaccine that has not had clinical trials yet. While and Brett Weinstein has made this point and he's gotten into a lot of trouble for saying this. If ivermectin works 
in preventing COVID and you're getting it prescription strength from a doctor. And this is the same medicine that you take when you go overseas and there's an outbreak of, say, like Zika or some other deadly virus. Deadly virus. Ivermectin is great for treating so many other viruses. It's, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's considered a prophylactic against viruses. And if it, if, it, if it works for Zika and it works for West Nile or whatever, it works for viruses, it works for bacteria. It's not a, a, a perfect drug, but it, but it no. works in so many other, other cases. If, if you have people who are able to take ivermectin once or twice a month to prevent the spread of COVID-19, why does everybody have to be vaccinated? You can make a choice. You could either get vaccinated once or twice a year if you need boosters because this is not going away no it's 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 the genie's out of the bottle or you can take ivermectin once or twice a month which is it some people are going to pick the ivermectin some people are going to pick the covid19 as long as you're protected as long as the ultimate goal is is to develop enough of an immunity that, that the that the covid virus is not as deadly to the general population if that is the goal then how we achieve that goal should be a multi-pronged approach. That makes sense. It's not like polio. This virus, as much as it's been compared with polio, it is not the same as polio. It doesn't behave the same as polio. It doesn't have the same effects on the body as polio. It is not polio. So the way we need to treat it and we need to, to fortify ourselves, our society against it, is by nature going to be different. And again, if you've had COVID, you have the antibodies. If you've had the shot, you've had the antibodies. What's important is not that you've had the shot or that you've had COVID. What's important is you have the fucking antibodies. That is the goal of the shot is to get you those antibodies and preferably a less dangerous way, which is why shots work the way they do. I don't understand why this becomes such a political football when we can just talk to each other and say, I've had COVID. Why, are, why do they want passports, shot passports? Why aren't they saying, why aren't they bending their efforts to come up with a quick blood test that you can take to find out if those antibodies are present in your, present in your bloodstream or not? And I work in the medical healthcare field at my other job. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, there are tests. There are COVID tests. There is actually a shortage of COVID tests because some people, some companies decided to stop manufacturing the tests or slow down production because we thought with the vaccine, we wouldn't have to worry about COVID anymore. Right. And now we're discovering you can get the shot. You can still get COVID and it might just be a mild case of the cold or the flu, but also some people are catching COVID and dying. It's not 100% effective. Like everything else. Now, the big problem that I have is with people using their platform, and I might be guilty of this too, to a large extent. I'm not perfect. Right. But you're looking at somebody like Howard Stern, who says, fuck these people. The vaccine should be mandatory. Everybody should take this vaccine. Consequences be damned. Let's just get it done and over with. Well, you have other people on the other extreme, like Joe Rogan, say, don't get the fucking vaccine. Just get ivermectin. 
And people are going to take that right. as, oh, go to Tractor Supply and get get some fucking horse tranquilizers or horse deworming medicine. Right. Extra strength for, for your pony, which will fucking kill you and your loved ones if you prescribe it to them as well. There has to be a right. freaking balance. And people love to fucking bitch and moan about um, what Brett Weinstein is talking about when he says, look, a lot, of, a lot more people need to look into this. Because there are there are there are other ways to prevent the spread of COVID. Why aren't we looking at those? How come it has to be all or nothing in just this one thing? That I agree with him on that. Right. What what really bothers me is that we're willing to have the conversation about whether or not you should be vaccinated or not. We're willing to have this conversation. Our listeners listen to the show because we can have a conversation. We're two freaking nerds talking about these topics. Nerdy things. Nerdy things. We'll talk about nerdy things. And we will admit and say, look, we don't freaking know. But there are things about this that are disturbing and bothersome. There are things about this I don't fucking like. Right. And why is it so dangerous? What What is so villainous about telling people it's up to you? We can do that on like issues like abortion. Right. You know, I it I don't understand why the COVID vaccine has become such a volatile, volatile and almost violent thing with people. I have some very good friends of mine who I disagree with politically, but they're still good friends of mine because, you know, as adults, we can do that. And when it comes to the, the virus, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the shot, they suddenly become unreasonable. They're not willing to listen about why I haven't taken the shot. They get mad that I haven't taken it. It's like, all right, well, then even like my sister is a wonderful person. She's put up with me for so long and, you know, thank God for family because otherwise I think she might have killed me sometimes. But we were having a discussion. She came out getting a July, she and her family, and her daughter is a geneticist. She has a master's degree in genetics. And we were talking about the shot. She's like, oh, you really need to get the shot. I said, why? I'm pretty sure I've had COVID. She's like, yeah, but there's the antibodies you get from the shot are different. And her daughter said, no, they're not. They're no different. You either have antibodies for it or you don't. And my sister still wanted, I could tell from the look on her face, she didn't want to, her daughter's more knowledgeable about this than she is. And she didn't want to tell her daughter, yeah, but you still should get it anyway. Now, her daughter's had the shot. Her her entire family's had the shot. They live in Boston. It's like, you know, they went door to door with a gun to your head and gave you the shot. I'm exaggerating, of course. But, you know, why is it she felt I still needed to have the shot if I'm – why can't I just get tested to see if I have the antibodies? If I've had the antibodies, I don't need the shot. I don't understand what is so dangerous. What right. what scare what scares me the most is that you look at what's going on in Australia, and we have not talked about Australia yet. Mm-hmm. The, they have mandatory vaccines, and they are anti-protesting against the vaccines. There are videos coming out of Australia of the the police violently attacking people who are protesting against the vaccine. Yeah. There's the police are committing horrible acts of violence against people who have questions and doubts about the vaccine and that there are people. Yeah. And, and I am sure that if we were broadcasting from Australia and we were talking about the lab leak hypothesis, we could probably be victims of a violent assault by the police. 
in Australia. That bothers Australia me. of all places. Australia of all places. That bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me too. You know, why is it so why is it I I I don't want to keep using the word dangerous, but that's the only thing that seems to fit to me. What is so dangerous about me saying I have suspicions about the origins of this and here are the reasons why and then lo and behold in this particular case five six months later we find out other news programs are starting to report on well we may not fully understand and let's not throw out the idea of a lab leak hypothesis as being the origins of covid there's enough evidence to support that. Of course there is. Right. When people look at it, they see the earmarks that are of a virus that means it's been manipulated. We've had we've read from the experts on this who say this has this particular protein in it, which means that this was a man-made virus. This protein exists only in viruses because we want to be able to manipulate them. We've read that article. We've discussed it online. So what are we saying that is so dangerous when we mention the lab leak hypothesis? What is it that is so dangerous about it that we, in a, in a country that's supposed to have free speech, we're not supposed to talk about? Yeah, that is really concerning. The idea that we're having a conversation, we're debating about whether or not this was created in a, in a lab. And that this is this is the nightmare scenario that people have been talking about for literally decades. That this this is inevitable that this is going to happen. This was inevitable. Yeah. And come and find out that the thing is that it was just like more and more evidence is coming out that not not only was this COVID nineteen created in a lab and released by accident. Now it turns out. COVID-19 is just the tip of the, the iceberg. There are other viruses in this lab that are being kept under ice. There's more than just COVID-19 that's in these labs. And it's just a mere matter of time before those escape as well, or some of those escape as well. Right. That ought to fucking bother you. Well, it ought to, ought to bother everybody because the truth is we've got we've got a one lab that has been doing gain of funk research, gain of function research on very, very dangerous viruses that has already had one lab leak. And we don't know what, if any procedures they've adjusted to prevent future leaks because we're not allowed to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and we're being told we need to trust Dr. Fauci, who we know now has lied to us about whether they were doing gain-of-function research at that particular facility because he signed off on it. He's the one that said we are going to do it, and he's the one that allocated funds to doing that research. We know that. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is not even conspiracy fact. This is provable fact. He got called out on the Senate floor about it. So – we can't believe the guy that we're being told we should believe. Why he still has his job, I have no idea. I don't understand. Really either. have no clue. I yeah. un- I understand that this is a scary topic, but I also understand that there's an aspect to all of this that is like, I, I, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put my fingers in my ears and I'm gonna go la 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 la. I can't I can't I, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Right. And that there's 
people are using their avoidance mechanism because the thing is, is like, I mean, the lab leak hypothesis is freaking scary. Forced vaccinations is scary. Mm -hmm. People going to tractor supply to get ivermectin to inject into themselves and killing themselves is freaking scary. We've crossed this line in society. We were going to talk about Universe 25. I think we got to save that for another episode. Right. But the thing is, it's like, I think, I think, and we might be guilty of this as well to a, to an extent. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is also being sensationalized. Right. Knowing full well, we have episodes of our podcast that are, that are sensational and they get yeah. really good traffic. We get episodes that are kind of like, um, rainbows, unicorns, and fairy dust, right. happy, upbeat messages about you can beat the system. Those don't get the same traffic as the sensational stuff. And I'm not saying that I'm against doing the sensational stuff. And I'm also not against doing the, 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 the puff pieces that we do. Right. But the thing is that it was just like, I think that we are crossing this line. We as a society. We as a, as a society, easy for me to say. <laughs> Whereas there are some things you can't talk about. And you're an idiot for talking about these things. You're an idiot for, for, for talking about this, that, and the other thing. And yet at the same time, I can turn around and say, you're an idiot for believing the earth is flat. There's something fucking wrong with you if you believe the earth is flat. Right. I'm a hypocrite when it, this, when, when it comes to the, the topic of, say, flat earth. And there are some 9-11-2001 conspiracy theories I think are fucking moronic. Oh, Absolutely. But when I when I see somebody like Howard Stern with his platform go to one extreme and Joe Rogan with his platform go to the opposite extreme, I I get concerned. And maybe you're right. Maybe it's a good thing we don't have millions upon millions of dollars because we don't know how it would it affect us. I'd like to find out, but maybe I don't. <laughs> but I'll, I, I'll I'll you know what you yeah. know what I'm I'm gonna say this instead of us finding out with ten millions of dollars. How about someone donate a million dollars and we find out as sort of an experiment to find out if we're going to go off the rails? Yeah, I, th- I think that that sounds fantastic. I think that I think yeah. that we ought to do that. Yeah. Anyway, continue. No, I, th- I think that it was just like um, we have a powerful platform. and I think that we need to be more careful how we use it. And what I mean, I think I should really sort of like just say us. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that I not make a hard and fast rule for other people. Right. And there's also the topic of of, of uh, publishing schedules that I got to get back on track on. So anyway, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you're doing on time. I'm wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to chit chat about. I know that we probably went a little long in talking about um, uh, uh, rehashing the Skinwalker Ranch story. But I, I think it's an interesting story that that's worthy of sharing once in a while Is i it- think so too i i like the uh i i really like discussing the skinwalker ranch just because it's so freaking fascinating um but as far as um anything in particular i want to discuss i can't think of anything um i am starting to run a little short on time though so but uh yeah i mean it's it scares me the way i see the world turning right now it scares me because i used to think of the united states as a place where we valued liberty and i'm increasingly seeing signs of us abdicating that liberty on someone's word who has been proven to be untrustworthy and 
I say that thinking in my mind of media personalities and politicians on both sides of the aisle. We've let our political beliefs blind us. They all have the same goal, which is the goal of controlling us. And we, you and I have said this before on, on the show that we need to call out the people on our own side more virulently and with more prejudice than when we call out the people on the other side. If we're policing our own side of the aisle and saying, we don't want people who are lying to us. We don't want people who are, you know, engaging in activities that we don't approve of. Then when the other side does it and we point it out, they can't look at us and say, well, your side does the same thing. We need to be more honest about the people that we've placed to represent us. Because we tend to think of, especially like congressmen, we tend to think of them as leaders. They're not leaders. They are representatives. They are there to represent us, not lead us. Congress is not a place you go to be a leader. That's why so many congressmen want to go to the White House, because that is where you actually are a leader. And they all know it. They just hope we don't freaking realize it. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And we totally forgot about um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's dress that she wore to the Met Gala. I was going to go off on a on a 15-minute long rant about that, but we're going to save that for another time. Okay. Jay, God, okay. This, is, I, this, is, this has been like one of those episodes where it's just like, it's, it's, it's exhausting, but I'm glad that we did it. Yeah, yeah, I am too. I think this was something that's been kind of bubbling up to the surface in a long time in coming. Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Thor Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions and if it's any good we promise we will read your comment on the air support the show by contributing to our patreon page patreon.com slash fedora chronicles for a mere dollar a month you get early access to the podcast updates on what we're doing and for five dollars a month you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com slash store slash Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret by Olive Music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020, all rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner King Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on.